Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Beef Upfront podcast here on Pick Swap Media. Cheers, Ryan Coyle, back with our weekly show, NFL Big Five Games of the Week. Joined as always by Kevin Cannon. We head into week 14, insane, the second week of December already. But we're here, the, the playoff push is upon us. Some teams are starting to separate from, from the rest of the pack. Uh, we had a big week last week with some pretty significant games and some significant injuries are going to impact not just the games this week, but the rest of the season going forward. So we got a lot to dive into this week. Five really good games on the slate. Um, maybe if a few t- few of these teams lose, the playoffs might not be for them this year. So excited to get, to get into it once again, but welcome back, Kevin, and how are we? Good. We both had a pretty decent week last week, so hopefully we can continue it. Yeah, we are back-to-back clean sweeps for us in our best bets and upset specials, 4 nos. Um, last week, I went 11-5-1, with the best bet being the Giants Commanders under 40 and a half. That was 20-20 to 20 tie in overtime, so that one barely hit, but that's still a winner. Um, and then Lions money line over the Jaguars as the upset underdog special. That one hit as well. You went 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. You had Raiders money line hitting against the Chargers, and then you had Browns minus 7 for your best bet with uh, them playing the Texans. So back-to-back weeks, we've gone 4-0 there. So we're trying to make it three consecutive weeks and 12-0 in the past three for our best bets and upset specials. So uh, we'll get into that at the end of the show like always, but we'll start it off with the first big game of the week in the AFC East. You have the 7-5 Jets coming off a loss to the Vikings at the 9-3 Bills coming off a win against the Patriots. Bills are minus 9.5 in this one, over under 44.5. One o'clock kickoff on CBS. I got the Bills 27, Jets 20. So the Jets covering that nine and a half and the over a 44 and a half hidden. The Jets defense was able to contain Josh Allen, Josh Allen in their game earlier this year. They held him to only 205 passing yards, no passing touchdowns and two picks. He did add two to that's a pretty solid day as a defense if you're able to do that to Josh Allen. They were also able to win that game 20-17. to 17. I don't see the Jets winning twice this year against the Bills as the Bills are Super Bowl favorites at currently the number one seed in the AFC. Their defense, the Jets' defense, is still very good, and I think they'll keep the Jets in this game. But I think Josh Allen will be able to make more plays than Mike White, who has shown the promise, but – he shouldn't be the main focus of the Jets' offense. They're throwing the ball at a crazy amount. I think they should be running a little more, but they are missing Brees Hall on the offense, so that limits their running ability as well. I think they just need to get um, some help for Mike White, and this Bills defense is going to be able to stop the run and bring pressure as well, even with Von Miller now out for the season. I think the Bills take care of business here at home. I like the Bills to win this one as well. Um, I'm going to take the Jets to cover, though, and the over to hit. I'm going Bills 30, Jets 21, so same picks for us across the board there. I know he has shown some glimpses, Mike White, of of being a pretty good NFL quarterback and has had a few like eye-popping performances. But as you touched on, Kevin, throwing the ball 57 times in Sunday's defeat against the Vikings, I just don't really see that as the winning formula for them going forward. It's pretty crazy how they've let him – go loose a little bit with some of his throws as well as Joe Flacco at the beginning of the season. But then look at Zach Wilson's numbers. He was only throwing the ball like 25 times every game. They were struggling to move the ball. So just shows you how like little trust it seems like they had in Zach Wilson when he was, when he was a starter, but they have to run the ball more and depend on that great defense. If they want to find their way back to the playoffs, I'm surprised to see, 
the Bills are favored by nine and a half in this one, so I will take the Jets to cover, even if it's only by that half point. But the Bills win outright. Josh Allen, 25-11 and 11 at home in his career as the Bills quarterback, winning about 70% of his starts. The Bills know they need to win this game and maybe even win out to get that number one seed and have that home field advantage in the AFC. So, so important these days to have that number one seed as that's the only team that gets the bye anymore. The Bills have ran for over 100 yards in each of their last three games, and they're riding a three-game winning streak. And I think that's going to make this offense just even tougher to defend going forward. I think they use that new element to get another win at home and make it four straight wins as they beat the Jets here. Second game of the week, we go to the NFC East now. The NFL best 11-1 Philadelphia Eagles go to MetLife to play the 7-4-1 New York Giants coming off a tie against Washington. Eagles are six and a half point favorites over under 45 and a half one o'clock kickoff on Fox. I got the Eagles winning 30 Giants 17 Eagles covering the six and a half and the over 45 and a half hidden. My Eagles picks this year have been terrible. I usually pick against them and I'm going to go with them here. I just haven't believed in the Giants all year and I'm not going to change that year because I can be pessimistic about the birds. The Eagles have potentially their most dominant win last week, and I think it's going to continue this week. They can beat you through the air and on the ground, as they've shown the past two weeks, and also as as they've shown all season long. Giants' game plan will obviously be running the ball with Saquon, and even getting Daniel Jones into the running game has always been important for the Giants having success. The Eagles recently have answered the call to all the people saying they can't stop their run, and they've played a couple top-notch running backs recently. And Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, they were all held to under 3.8 yards of carry and under total yards of 85. Sue Joseph and the return and Jordan Davis have helped tremendously. And I think the Eagles are in control of the game, whole game here and keep working towards that first round bye. I like the Eagles almost at the same exact score as you. I, I love them this week, actually. I'm going to go 31-17. So Eagles minus 6.5 and, and over 45.5 there. Um, they were what we like to call last week at the domination station, just a complete ass whooping by them last week. And with Jimmy G now, most likely out for the season, Kyle Shanahan said there's a slight chance he returns at the end. Uh, I, I am more confident than I have been this entire season in, in this Eagles team. Very encouraging to see them score 35 points in back-to-back weeks after having a bit, a little bit of a lull there in the middle of their schedule. Division games are always tough, though, but the Eagles are so much better than the Giants talent-wise and just the way that they're playing right now. And the Giants have came back to earth, like you said, Kev. We both weren't really believers in them at the beginning of the season. Like I kind of pointed out at the beginning of the year, they're kind of like the Bears from the past few years where clearly a team that wasn't that talented, but they were just finding ways to win some ugly games. And now everything's kind of getting restored a little bit. I still think they have a chance to make the playoffs maybe as the seven seed because they still are at seven wins. They might just need to get to nine, maybe ten to make it in the playoffs. But um, I still think that they have a chance. And if you make the playoffs, you make the playoffs and you you give yourself a chance. But the Eagles are so much better than them. Uh, The Giants only have one win since Halloween, and that one win is over the Texans. The team is a Giants team that really just depends on running the football for their success and with Jordan Davis back in the lineup, and then fresh Fletcher Cox, it looks like now, Linval Joseph, Sue. They found a way to shut down Derrick Henry last week, as you mentioned. They just seem to really be rounding into form now. Um, And then the entire focus of of the defense this week most likely would be on slowing down Saquon. Even if he carries it 30 times, just don't allow that one big run that he seems to get against the Eagles pretty frequently when he plays us. 
Giants passing game pedestrian at best, and the Eagles really should just dominate this one from start to finish unless the offense has one of those games where they're turning it over multiple times. And like I said, they let up that one big run to Saquon, giving him like a big 100, 200-yard rushing game. That's the only way I see the Giants winning. They need a lot of things to happen on the back end. Um, I just don't see those things happening this week. I like the Eagles to win by two touchdowns. Give me the minus six and a half and over 45 and a half in there. Third game of the week, Vikings at 10 and two at the Lions, five and seven. One of the crazier spreads I can remember in recent memory. It's got to be screaming to take the Lions in this one. Their Lions come in as a two and a half point favorite over under 53. One o'clock kickoff on Fox, but Lions minus two and a half here against a 10 win team. That's a such a weird line. But what are your thoughts on this matchup, Kevin? I got the Vikings winning 24, Lions 23. So the Vikings covering those two and a half points, the under of 53 hidden. Both teams seem to always be in close games, and this is a big divisional game with playoff implications. So I think it's going to be close again. I like the Lions and what they're doing, but the Vikings are 10 and 2 for a reason, and they've shown that they can find ways to win in these close games late. The Lions are, are 4 and 1 in their last five, but it's a winning team, and that team was the. Giants, as I said earlier, I don't think they're very good either. So that win doesn't mean a whole lot to me either. So I expect a close game, but the Vikings will be able to hold on late because they have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and this new look, Kirk Cousins, who he is playing at 1 p.m. here, so he should be ready to go. As I was saying, I think it is going to be close. And in one-score games this year, the Vikings are 9-0, while the Lions are 2-5. and So I'm going Vikings win. Yeah, I'm not going to read in read into the line either. Um as much as it's saying, I think, take the Lions, uh, I'm going with the Vikings to win this one outright. Vikings 30, Lions 24. So Vikings plus two and a half over 53. Just pretty crazy how little respect the Vikings are getting. But like you said, they're they're winning all these really close games. Maybe Vegas just doesn't believe in them uh, in the long term to sustain that against some better teams. Vikings, uh, my stat of the of the week, I feel like it's every week, they move to 10-0. When they hand the ball to Dalvin Cook 13 times or more, it just seems like a pretty simple winning formula. Well, but when you give that really good running back the football, good things are happening. And the Lions are giving up 149 yards per game on the ground this year, which is the first, fifth worst in the league. So the Vikings uh, have a pretty simple formula here, I think. Hand the, hand the football to Dalvin Cook, and I think that they'll be okay in this one. They kind of remind me of like TCU from college football where – they haven't gotten respect all year, but more times than not, they've seemed to answer the bell. And, yeah, the Lions have been playing better, but all those wins, as you touched on, Kevin, are against bad football teams. Vikings know that they have no room for error if they want the one seed. Eagles still have a, a couple tough division games coming up. They still have a Cowboys game coming up. The Lions still have a chance to get that one seed, but if they lose one game, I think that kind of goes out the window. So they know they can't lose focus in this one. I think we see a heavy dose of – Cook and Madison and the Vikings pull off another win where in a situation that they somehow seem to be thriving in where they're, where they're getting overlooked week after week. I think that they thrive on that and they find a way to go to Detroit and win this one outright. Uh, fourth game of the week. Now we go to San Francisco where the six and six NFC South division leading Bucks travel to the eight and four 49ers, 49ers minus three and a half over 37 and a half, 425 kickoff on Fox. Brock Purdy's first start as an NFL quarterback. At the 49ers, 24, Bucks 17, 49ers minus three and a half in the over 
at 37 and a half. Tom Brady last week showed again how clutch he is. We all kind of know it, but it's still cool to see every time. The final two drives of last week, though, doesn't really change who the Bucks are. They're not a very good football team. Brady is able to pull out these close games and when they're close, but I don't think this one's going to be very close. The 49ers defense is one of the best. And the Bucks will struggle to move the ball against them like they have most teams pretty much every game this year, except for a few spurts here and there. 49ers are going with Brock Purdy, who came in last week after Jimmy G went down. He looked competent, and I think that's all the 49ers need at QB. They don't need someone fantastic, just competent. They have all the weapons, get it in their hands, and they come out the backfield and out wide. And you kind of just let the defense do its thing. So I'm going 49ers here. I saw a stat today. I forget if it was 5 or 6-0, and but – Tom Brady is it's either five or six and no against quarterbacks making their first start in the NFL. And that I saw that sad after I had already made my pick. So I feel even better about it now. As bad as they they've looked at times this year, I'm going to go Bucks 20, 49 or 17 in a real ugly game. So Bucks plus three and a half. They went outright in my prediction under 37 and a half. Well, that Monday night football game was really ugly. I turned it off midway through the second and I was kind of just like stat watching on my phone just checking to see some updates and it just seemed like it was punt, 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 punt. And I fell asleep around the beginning of the fourth quarter. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and saw the Bucks won and I was shocked. But like you said, Kevin Brady shows that he could still be clutch and make those key plays in the fourth quarter. And despite how bad they play, if the defense keeps a minute, all he needs is a shot at the end. I think you have to like the Bucks chances in certain games, despite how bad they, they, they can look at times. You can never rule them out with number 12 behind center. Um, and then this week, Brady gets to face a backup quarterback that was a late-round draft pick with Brock Purdy, the last pick of the draft last year. Situation Brady's quite familiar to. Purdy did look well, though. As you mentioned, Kev, 67% of his passes he completed. 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Held his own from what I heard. Didn't really see much of the game. But I expect their passing game to not change that much as they weren't some big, dynamic, downfield passing team. As you mentioned, they like to get get the ball out, get it quick, and get it into the hands of guys like McCaffrey, Ayuk, Samuel, and even George Kittle here and there. They're gonna. I think though, this is gonna be a tough matchup with him against a Bucks defense that is still very good, only allowing eighteen point three points per game. They're gonna throw some looks at him that he hasn't seen certainly throughout college and definitely throughout his limited time in the NFL. If this game was maybe a few weeks from now and Purdy had a few starts under his belt, I would probably go with the 49ers, but. I think we typically see quarterbacks when they come off the bench, they usually play better in that like live action in the middle of the game rather than the next week when they get the start and the team has some film on them and they can see what they do well against and what they do bad against and game plan for them. I think this is just a really tough first start for Brock Purdy and it's going to be another really ugly game between two of the better defenses in the league. I'm just not going to be picking Brock Purdy over Tom Brady at the moment. If the 49ers win this game, so be it. But uh, I'll feel more confident with my pick of Tom Brady winning this football game. And fifth and final game of the week, an AFC battle that I think could be one of the, the key tiebreakers potentially for one of those wild card spots. That's the 8-4 and four Dolphins at the 6-6 six and six Chargers. Dolphins are minus three favorites here on the road. Over under 52, 8-20 kickoff Sunday Night Football on NBC. I got the Dolphins winning a close one, 24, Chargers 23, Chargers covering the three points in the under 52 hidden. I struggled with this game a lot. Uh, this was the one I struggled with the most out of the five. I think the Dolphins have exceeded expectations this year, but stumbled last week. And now people like me are questioning how real they are. 
Uh, the Chargers are the Chargers and are never healthy and never able to take that leap forward, even though they have a super crazy talented QB and even a super crazy talented roster at that. I'm taking Tua and the Dolphins. I do think it is a little concerning that Tua is banged up, but I just don't trust the Chargers defense. They're allowing the third most points a game. Their rush defense has been terrible, and the Dolphins may look to run it even more if Tua is a little bit hobbled. You also never know what you're getting with Herbert and the offense in their last seven games. The Chargers have scored more than 25 points just once and have often laid eggs that no one can really explain because they are just so talented, and so it doesn't really make sense. I'll take the Dolphins and hope last week was a showing of how good the Niners' defense is and not as much a showing of the lack of just comfortability on the Dolphins' offense. I'm going to go with the Chargers, but as you said, with having a real struggle picking this game, I'm not confident in this pick. But I'll ride with the Chargers here in a desperation game for them. I'll take them 31-27, Chargers plus three, over 52. I do wonder back in, in the draft a few years ago if Herbert had gone to the Dolphins and Tua had went to the Chargers, what these two teams' records would be. I can't help but think the Dolphins might be a one- or two-loss team with Justin Herbert throwing the ball to Jalen Waddell. And uh, Tyreek Hill and, and having that offensive scheme that Tua has been able to work with. Tua has been very good this year, but you saw last week when he faces some pressure in a very good defense, his limitations, his lack of athleticism and arm strength really start to show up. I hope Herbert eventually finds his way out of L.A. because I just think they're going to ruin his career and not get the most out of him, just kind of like Phillip Rivers, where it seemed like time and time again that they would have some good situations going. But as as always, injuries, bad coaching, it always seems to be the same kind of themes with the Chargers. But this is a must-win spot for L.A. here. A loss, I think, would knock them out most likely of the playoffs unless they found a way to go win out the Browns, Steelers and Raiders are all behind them at five and seven, but they have all been playing better and are riding win streaks. The dolphins win this game on their side, barring a four game losing streak to end the season. They should be in, I think so uh, a lot's on the line in this one. I know the chargers don't exactly have a home field advantage. It might not even be a full stadium on a, on a Sunday night primetime game, but anytime you make that cross country trip, I think that is a difficult thing for some of these teams to do. I think the absence of Teron Armstead is huge as well. If he's unable to return this week, it seems like Tua really needs that time in the pocket and, and then some clean looks to get the football out. Brandon Staley, I believe, is coaching for his job as well. He, he hears the rumors of his seat really starting to get hot. And if this team fails to make the playoffs, I think he will be fired. We could see some cleaning house in the front office there as well. This is a must-win game for, for the Chargers, and I think Herbert's going to come out and dominate them and, and keep them in the playoff hunt. Um, the theme of the week for me, it's been pretty much underdog. So I'm going to take the underdog once again to cover as I've done in every other game, but also with the Chargers to win just out right here. So a little, little bit of a high score and tilt as well. But give me Chargers plus three over 52. All right, upset special and best bet time. As we mentioned earlier, we are 8-0 and the past two weeks for these. So let's look to remain hot and see if we can keep it going. I'll start it off with the upset special. I'm going to take the Ravens at plus 140 here in the money line. They are three-point dogs at the Steelers, one of the greatest rivalries in the game. Uh, I was a little upset that this didn't crack our big five games of the week this this year, uh, at least for, for the first matchup. But I think Tyler Huntley, even with Lamar Jackson out, is still a very serviceable quarterback, and he got a lot of starts last year. He had some, some success. He had uh, his ups and downs, but – I don't think – I mean, there's obviously a difference athleticism-wise. Lamar is definitely better, but 
Huntley is pretty serviceable, and they can run the same offense that they're accustomed to. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring and ugly game that gives the Ravens a chance to win, even if uh, Lamar is out of the lineup. Steelers are on a four-game win streak in this rivalry. I think that's one of those things that's like bulletin board material this week, the Ravens knowing that they want to get back on the winning edge in this matchup and, in my opinion, the best rivalry in the NFL. I think the Ravens are due for a win here, and they find a way to get a win even without their franchise quarterback. So Ravens plus 40 against the Steelers is my upset special of the week. So there weren't a ton on the board that I super loved, but I'm going to go Cardinals plus 110. They're one and a half point underdogs versus the Pats. Cliff is looking to save his job, and I think the dual threat of Kyler can give the Pats T some struggles. Arizona can contain the run against the Pats offense, and then that may cause Mac Jones to struggle a little bit. Yeah, I like that play as well. That's one of the ones I was looking at. Uh, I, I liked a lot what you said about Kyler, given the past season struggles with his mobility. I remember that one Monday night game this year, Justin Fields ran all over them. So maybe we'll see some more design runs coming out of the bye for the Cardinals and Kyler. Best bet now, I'm going to go with the Chiefs minus nine against the Broncos. I'm just going to keep it real plain and simple here. The Broncos suck. Chiefs need a bounce back win from last week. I think they have a, a poor taste in their mouth historically. With Patrick Mahomes under center, they've been dominant. Have it never lost in November or December. They were 26 and 0. I think this week they come back with a, a vengeance, a bounce back game. The Broncos just seem to be total complete shit show right now. Don't want anything to do with them. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game easily by two touchdowns. Don't really need to make it much more complicated than it needs to be. I just think the Chiefs find a way to dominate this one and win by at least 10 points. I like that pick a lot too. I'm already actually put money on it and I'm going for my best bet Bengals minus six versus the Browns. Deshaun's clearly rusty, which we can expect not playing football in two years, but the Bengals are rolling and the Browns defense has not been great besides last week where they played the Texans. So that's not saying a whole lot. All right. Well, that will do it for NFL big five games of the week, week 14 edition. Any other second comments before we have Kev? Yeah, hopefully we both have a good week again this week. All right, sounds good, and we will talk next week at week 15.